1: ropes episode 369 jeff hawkins here nice nice here with chris novembrino uh boy nice <laughs> um yeah and a little bit of discombobulation i feel like i have watched a million hours this is always one of those things but yeah i uh yeah i've watched sunday through uh i finished up today at work um with pay-per-view through this uh we we're supposed to have a guest, um, Garrett Kidney, of voices of. Wrestling. I believe we will no, down the line. He's here. gonna. He says this. now. Now let me let me posit this to you guys because he Are you came out. Shame?
0: All Did you think we're gonna get more guests by? I'm guest getting, He told.
1: He gave me. He gave me permission to bury him. So I'm just gonna kind of play it up for uh, the podcast. But I don't really mean any of this. So I'm kind of revealing behind the curtain, anyways. Are you
0: gonna break uh, kayfabe?
1: You gonna break kayfabe? Sure. It's all about breaking kayfabe. I'm going to host shame
0: at least. Go on.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, Garrett comes on. Uh, Garrett is the resident TNA expert on uh, Voices of Wrestling, which makes him even more niche than some of the more niche podcasts on there. Um, Got a job with TNA doing, I believe, social media at one point um, and had left. But he goes, you know what? I see all this negativity around there. And I'm going to watch this week's WWE programming. And I'm going to try and find the good of it. And I'm going to write an article for Voices. And if anybody wants to, uh, to, me to be on their podcast, I will. And then he started to get a little chesty. He's like, well, no one's slipped in my DMs yet. Or I'm like, dude, you got a WWE-centric podcast on your network. Come on, shake them ropes.
0: Everyone forgets about us.
1: I get, I get, well, you know, we're, you know, I'll have Joe Lanza on one day and then everybody will listen. It'll be great. Hmm. Now I'm host shaving again, which is bad. No, uh, but, but anywho, he, he writes me, he goes, Raw broke me and I only watched one hour of NXT and that was it. I was like, they broke my boy. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I was hoping for the poly positive coming on here to temper my more cynical notions of life and it's it just like yeah welcome to the lair cake son
0: <laughs> i, I well, didn't even was ask a rough it. watch i mean it, it was disappointing to see baron corbin win the king of the ring although it was predictable and then i tapped out as well i don't actually blame garrett the whole Maria Canellas King Ricochet as, <laughs> you didn't someone like who, that? as someone who hosted the <laughs> Lucia of the Hidden Temple podcast, Jeff. Like the there were so many different knives in my heart during that segment. I was just like, oh, oh, eh, oh, and then I was dead, and I had to turn it off.
1: Also, allow it was me, very
0: loud that week. Yeah,
1: a- allow me a quick uh, recap of Clash of Champions. It was about like what a raw wrestling show would be. Uh, the best moment on there wasn't even wrestling. It was Bailey cheating to win, like Toru Yano taking her title and running off. That was fantastic. That's about it. That was a good part. Yeah, getting into uh, getting into just the main roster stuff. Um, yeah, SmackDown definitely the more interesting of the two shows. I don't know if it was the better of the two shows, but I I said in my when I previewed, um. Clash of Champions when King of the Ring, the title match, was originally going to be on there. You know, this entire tournament has been weird. It's been a weird David and Goliath-type tournament. You know, it had the elements of it was going to be the small guys doing a lot of work rate stuff, and maybe it'll be about a wrestler thing. But between this and between Sid Scala versus Chris Hero slash Cash Ono on NXT UK, I-, I said this in my preview. I said... Fitz McMahon hates the David and Goliath story because he doesn't find it believable that David would ever be able to win. He just doesn't. He's like, well, look at this guy. He's seven foot, eight foot, 12 foot, whatever. This guy's money. How could this kid beat him? And, and there's an, there's a, uh, there's an anecdote in one of Chris Jericho's books. It was when Mickey Rourke was doing the crossover for the wrestler and he was originally going to do the match with Jericho. Well, in his entourage uh, backstage when they did the uh, when they did the uh, the sketch where Jericho attacks Mickey Rourke, was Frank Shamrock and Vince is there with I think Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho and a couple other of the road agents and they look at them coming in they go and and Vince goes, "I bet you we could kick those guys' butts I think we could take them look at how small they are and one of those guys is Frank Shamrock. One of the greatest MMA fighters to ever live. So that that's Vince McMahon's world is, is that small never beats big, no matter what, no matter how cares, Matt. We saw what he did with the Rey Mysterio title run. We saw, you know, <laughs> poor Cedric Alexander th- this week just killed dead. And you could say it's a burial, but the real burial is if you're not on TV, but This is second place given him and Mike Kanellis.
0: You can even look at the presentation of Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman, which is closer to it. But there's not this deep enthusiasm about Seth Rollins beating Braun Strowman and the monsters aren't being made to be built. Like it's as though Vince hasn't really liked that story ever since Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior.
1: Oh yeah, the the Seth Rollins Braun Strowman match on Clash of Champions was what three stomps and hitting Hunter's Pedigree because nobody can ever kick out of the Pedigree in WWE canon for the pin. Yeah, it's it's no, you're exactly right. They don't like that story at all because giants are supposed to be special and spectacular, and you know i'm <laughs> just imagining vince mcmahon's bible of goliath kills david
0: even the implication in that finish is that you need a whole lot more to defeat broad Strowman than you would to defeat seth Rollins.
1: yes yeah so raw was that and then on smackdown they did the coronation where it looks like we're just gonna have a short feud I-, I don't understand why chad Gable's so angry he got he got pinned clean yeah it wasn't it was that bad of a, a match whistle. no Look, it was a good match Look, not Braun Strowman. Baron Corbin. um, If you don't know this, if you're if you don't like hang around wrestling Twitter or read a lot of, you know, backstage stuff, for all the crap he gets from a lot of people about how he's not good or whatever, they love him in WWE. The other people who work with him love him because he's he's not dangerous to work with
0: uh you he's know, got that he- kind of Kane vibe wasn't that kind of the yes. vibe with Kane back yeah. in the day big yeah. guy who is fairly safe to work with and corbin's yeah. matches are you know simple the end of days is a good looking move it you know it's probably fairly safe to take and yeah i don't know even those deep sixes I, I he delivers those they look good they look clean it's just yeah he's not a super exciting guy but but yeah i, I think he fills a role
1: But everything about this tournament said, "Okay, David versus Goliath, David versus Goliath, small guy versus big guy, small guy. You know, you got to get emotionally invested in this guy. And they just crush it. And you're just like, what was the point of that? I mean, they, they can't build baby faces to save their lives here. But, you know, we go over that week after week. So it's no use harping on that. But if you were in the WWE doghouse this week, this was your week. This is your week to come back, because Luke Harper shows up at Clash of Champions. Rusev is on Raw, possibly being the father. I have my own thought on who they're Chris, let me throw this out at you. Drake Maverick's the father of the baby.
0: I'm not going to go there. No, I I refuse to participate. Because he hasn't consummated
1: his marriage yet, so he had an affair or something. I don't know. I don't
0: know. I don't care. I don't okay. care. I, I okay, hope no, this story, man. That's I hope fine. that story goes away.
1: Rusev is uh, Rusev's back. He's on Raw. Um, Leo Rush <laughs> coming back on NXT in a big way. Now the number one contender for the two hundred five live title.
0: That was interesting, and I don't really love Luke Harper because I feel like Luke Harper. W- oh, that's blasphemy! No, I like Luke Harper as the wrestler. Okay. I thought the Luke Harper plot twist. Was a lazy way out of this story, and it made no sense, and it wasn't foreshadowed in the beginning.
1: Oh, Chris, it's going to be much lazier. This is going to be Dusty and the Assassins, or Dusty and the Russians, which I watched on the Patreon, patreon.com, slash Shake the Ropes. You know, it's going to be Daniel Bryan is going to be leading Harper and Rowan, eventually. It was all a ruse. I took those beatings because you know, I'm physically tough. It's going to be one of those things. Oh,
0: God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Um, they're reforming uh, the Wyatts.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe something like that. Uh, Brock Lesnar made an appearance on SmackDown, uh, challenging Kofi Kingston for the title on the season premiere on Fox. Brock Lesnar's getting this SmackDown world title. there's just no way around it there's no way everybody i've seen people who are like man it'll be such a great strong win and make kofi into a come on go from a to b here fox is paying a lot of money for this brock lesnar's a star brock lesnar has had some exposure on fox due to the ufc
0: they're not good at telling the david versus goliath story Just keep going back to that and and look at how they've been doing the Kofi Kingston story and how he hasn't really elevated up like Kofi's actually the guy who needed to defeat Braun Strowman in a way way more than Seth Rollins.
1: I think he needed to be Brock at SummerSlam. That should have been the title. And he title.
0: also needs to beat Brock, too. But I, I just don't think they're going to do that. No, they're not. I don't think they're committed to Kofi Kingston at that level of stardom. And I Brock Lesnar is a nice, safe, big guy that Vince can go back to. Big in both name value and also in stature.
1: There are some rumored uh, announcing changes that are going to happen at this draft as well. Uh, I, I, I believe they're going to be putting a lot into this SmackDown show. So I think Michael Cole... And Corey Graves are going to be on SmackDown. Uh, the rumor right now, subject to change, is Vic Joseph and Dio. Um, whatever the, his working last name is, I can't remember it right now. The guy from oh, Dio, Dio
0: Madden? Dio Madden. Not Aiden? Oh no, no, Dio's not ready. I like him, but he's not ready.
1: Well, that Dio and, uh, Dio and Vic may be put on Raw. Probably with uh, Byron. And they put Renee over on SmackDown. I don't know. Um, who knows? Well, they also kind of wrote out Tom Phillips a little bit because he got wiped out um, during that uh, during that whole Wyatt. I caught the Wyatt thing. It's not the Wyatt thing. It's it's the Harper Rowan thing. So who knows? Uh, I, I agree with you. I think he's good. I don't think he's great yet.
0: He's got a thing, though, but it's a thing that's perfectly situated for developmental and is definitely at that developing status yeah, he's, right now he's and low, not a ready-to-go and He's status. low
1: profile on 205, but I think 205 is getting folded into this NXT show. But uh, speaking of which, NXT did over 1,100,000 viewers on its first night on Wednesday on the USA Network before porting over to uh, the WWE Network. I think that's a hell of a number for them. Uh,
0: oh, it's great! I think they were yeah, averaging,
1: not averaging, but I think they were a little bit over two hundred thousand views a week on the network. If that's right, and it might not be. Somebody maybe may say, "No, you're stupid. You didn't read the real numbers." No, I didn't. I just was remembering what I had seen. If that's true, they did five times their normal audience on the first night, and that's a good thing. The bad thing to me is I don't think it differentiates itself from any other WWE product uh, to the point where it's gonna it, hmm, it's getting, to the point where it's not it's gonna pick up lapsed fans or people who aren't into the product. I still think that lane is open for AEW if AEW decides to do because right now AEW is in the midst of an identity crisis in many ways because it wants to be all things to all people. I think the lane they should go with is the talk smack and fake fight lane but they want to do they also want to indulge in this wrestling's magic and it can be fun type vibe that as you can tell I don't uh, I,
0: I feel like you're not a fan not of a that fan of style of wrestling no I'm not either. I like yeah, look, no, no, I but... like
1: unrepentant stupidity. don't get me wrong I just I just don't need the sociopolitical um, stuff necessarily in terms of it as branding. I don't mind it as an angle as branding, as a company, as a company, uh, uh, edict or a, you know, this is what we're going for in wrestling. No, I just want you to be a good wrestling show. That's all I want. Um, but we'll see. I I think there's still enough there for AEW to be able to differentiate itself, but judging from their production, It comes off like any other normal wrestling show. Yeah, I I feel
0: like AEW and NXT so far have very much the same vibe, and that's was definitely the vibe I was getting off of the NXT on USA. I dug the show. Like it was a little. No, I like it. I like it as well, and I actually think it's a little bit more different than wwe raw and smackdown but but i also tapped out on raw and smackdown earlier this year so i've long held that the brands are substantially they're sufficiently different that like i can make my way through all of the nxt and 205 live that wwe makes but have a hard time slogging through three hours of raw even though it's only like about two hours when it's all edited down yeah
1: i liked uh i liked the video packages i thought those were a big positive i liked the
0: kind of the intro matches were well done. I thought this was formatted very well for a first. It was very show no nonsense. It was very
1: okay. We're yes. just going to get to the ring and we're going to show you who these people are. I was kind of hope I you know inside. I was kind of hoping on the first show it'd be kind of an introductory show where okay, here are the people you should know. Here's their personalities. Here's why you should like them, so that you could get you know the casuals involved in it a little bit. Not not necessarily you know like how WWE does it, but how a old school promotion would do it maybe a bit but i thought this was fine i thought this was good i liked the usage of the words pro wrestling on a pro wrestling show again that was nice beth phoenix is still brick from anchorman she's just yelling random things really bad yeah yeah. i just i want to give her like those lines from anchorman loud noises and just have her have her scream those in the middle but this four-way to open Man, I, I thought this kind of threw the gauntlet a little bit at AEW, because not that AEW has had bad women's matches, and not that they don't have bad talent on that roster, but it was kind of like, this is how they've kind of tried to separate themselves a little bit um, in terms of you know the wide swath of talent they're bringing in, and oh, you're going to see all these women you hadn't seen before. So I thought, and this is a
0: sharpened division when you think about Shayna at the top of it and Candice, Mia, Io, and Bianca. I thought
1: Bianca like, had a great. That's a pretty deep. I thought Bianca yeah, had a, a great match. I thought Bianca was fantastic in this. If anybody became a star for the first time on first glance,
0: it was Bianca. Yeah, Belair I thought this, this got everyone. Over character-wise, mm-hmm. very well.
1: Maybe not Mia Yim. Maybe not Mia Yim necessarily. Mia didn't Maybe do a not lot. Maybe not
0: Mia Yim. Yeah, yeah, that's but true. I, thought, I guess she was kind of the also there. I think
1: I think Io Shirai did enough to be a star to a casual crowd. I think Candice LeRae um, is is really kind of in the same situation Johnny Gargano was in a couple years ago, where we bring in this woman to kind of be a mechanic of the division. And she just catches on. And I think I think she should be the person to beat Shayna. Hmm. Not not there. Not there yet. No, okay.
0: I'm not there with Candace. No, I'm not there with Candace. I I like Candace. And I kind of get the idea of Candace as the face of the division, but I see her more as kind of the She's been serving very well as that gatekeeper baby face. And after you get the belt off of Sheena, yeah. You need a
1: lead babyface in this division, though. We haven't had one in a while because they've all been such.
0: I mean, the reason they had to the top Bianca, I think, is a better choice. She's not a, she's not a baby Bianca face. Or Mia. She's not a baby face yet. I mean, Bianca is kind of in between. Has yeah. Been sort of in between over the last year. I, I think people are fine with her being a baby face. You just have to pull hard in one direction.
1: Right, but I mean, you had you had Mia, and you had to toughen up her character to get her over a little bit more as a baby face because she was kind of going back and forth a little bit, depending on who she was facing. Um, you you have Team Kick. Who am I? Dakota Kai. Now Dakota Kai is the person who, logically, if you were following a story, should be the one to beat Shayna Baszler because of the way Shayna took her out. Uh, I just, I just don't know if they're going to be able to heat her up enough to be credible. But I think you do have something in Candice where you can heat her up to the point of people get behind her to really want to be the one to beat Shayna Baszler. Um, if you, if you, if you don't turn Shayna Baszler, which I always thought I think going to be the you thing you
0: bring in Rhea Ripley. I think you bring in Rhea Ripley and you have Rhea Ripley beat Shannon Baszler. I think that's a much more interesting twist.
1: Yeah, I. We'll talk about that when we get to NXT UK because that's interesting because it looks like they have turned her, even though they didn't mean to necessarily. Yeah, so I mean, this was a fun, fun match. They gave the ladies a lot of time. I thought every, you know, nothing was sloppy. It might have been rehearsed, but it was well rehearsed. So I'll take that. I think I think they did a very...
0: They had a really important job. Yeah. This is the first show on network TV. They went out there and nailed it, dude. Yeah. I mean, it is not a pay-per-view level match, but it was pretty well executed.
1: I'm yammering too much. Chris, take us through the show. Hey, it's your boy, Jeff. Guess who forgot to do the live read during the show? Your boy, Jeff. So I'm here to thank our sponsors at mybookie.ag. It's football season, kids. I love football. Anybody who's listened, know I played it for a long time. Still watch it. Kind of have an NFL team, although Cincinnati's not a great team. But you know what will make any game interesting? Live in-game betting. Plenty of prop bets, plenty of just, if you just want to bet the money line, that's fine, too. Over, unders, what have you. And the best place to go is mybookie.ag. They will double your deposit up to $1,000 for your first one if you use the term ROPES, R O P E S, when you sign up. My Bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. That includes any major professional wrestling event you can bet on, pretty much. They don't have as many prop bets for that, but they do have professional wrestling you can bet on, any sport, almost any event you can think of celebrities you can bet on celebrity deaths if you have a death pool put some money behind that that's always cool look that's why my bookie is always the right play you bet you win they pay my bookie has live in-game betting on every nfl game they've got the most rewarding player perks in the business and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game um i like doing parlays i like doing you know, three or four games. If I win them all, I win a pretty nice chunk of change. I'll only bet a little bit, though. Never bet more than you should. Never bet as a business. You bet for fun only, boy Hawkins. Anyways, up to a thousand dollars first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Use the promo code Ropes R O P E S to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. Dot A G. Don't forget to use the promo code Ropes when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. And now back to my ramblings on NXT.
0: Okay, all right. Cameron Grimes has an all-time classic with Sean Maluda. Break it down, Jeff.
1: Uh, as as Bruce Mitchell so aptly put it, it's the uh, it's the Magnum T A match. Uh, Bell rings, hits finisher. Over like Rover if he continues to do it this way. Uh, it sounded like Cameron had different music.
0: Yeah, he does have different music. I don't like this music as much. I don't either.
1: I liked the I liked the, the, the genuine uh, Southern
0: yeah thing, but yeah.
1: Uh, you know he has a hat now.
0: He's uh, had the hat for a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, he's not Carney anymore. They gave that up. Good but it call. seems like it seems like he's a baby face now. I yes, guess he is. Yeah, he's kind of. I'm trying to think of what he's got heelish mannerisms but it's really a baby face they're trying to make.
1: play up they're trying to play up kind of the uh you know the the southern uh uh what, what do they call him a technical beast or something like that they, they, yes, they're really yeah. trying to get over like like oh he's just the, this country bumpkin who now wrestles which isn't a bad lane to do i also like sean maluta a lot i, I was kind of I was excited to see this match go on, and then when it was a squash, I was a little disappointed. He did get to come out for the brawl at the end. But Maluda, who was a favorite of mine during the Cruiserweight Classic, he's been doing some pretty good work in Evolve. So I was kind of happy that, because uh, Gabe was at the show, I was kind of happy that a couple of Evolve guys got on here, him and Huas uh, later. But, uh, yeah, just a simple squash. Get over that big movie. didn't quite hit it as... Uh, cleanly as he wanted to but he got the he's getting this stomp over and i think it'll be good because he can pull it out of anywhere and then finish yeah the match, it does and then have that big. out of
0: nowhere feel yeah. and you know i mean it's it requires a lot of core strength because you got to kind of get vertical and then extend out that leg to yeah really it's always impressive it. when yeah, you see it it's live. impressive yeah mm-hmm. when he does it it's really good so then we had roderick strong defeating the velveteen dream to win the north american championship So, in a way, you were right. They ended up getting the belts on this first show. I think one of us thought that they would have the belts coming in, going into this show.
1: I thought they would. I thought thought they were going to have them at the last takeover. I thought they were going to do that, make the entire run. But uh, when they announced this match, I go, they've changed their mind. They're going to do it so that they have it for the season premiere now that they're going to be on a big network. I think they were originally not going to have it, and it was going to lead to a split. And then once they got this deal for USA, they decided, okay, let's scratch that. Let's make these guys the central uh, team of it. I wish they had explained who the ultimate or not ultimate, who the uh, uh, undisputed era were a little bit more for people who didn't know. It it just seemed like matter of fact, like they assumed Yeah,
0: like a premise. Ooh. Like, yeah, they there here's the undisputed era. You know them. They're the bad guys. They're in the black t shirts.
1: Yeah, it was very odd. Uh, it's 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 kind of a problem I had with NXT UK where it's like, Oh, you know who all these guys are because you guys live in England. Okay, but what if what if we're watching in the States? Well, you know. <laughs>
0: Well, and then it's just that issue of establishing the kayfabe for the universe that all of these characters kind of weave their way through. Uh, yeah, I, I have a problem with that. But I thought this match was good. I mean, it wasn't... Dream still doesn't... He doesn't quite do it for me. He's getting better, but he, there's still something... He, he He's did... not a good baby face. I like it... him a lot more as a heel.
1: Yeah, I do too, because of his size. He's a much better heel. He didn't do as much cosplay this time. That's, that was an interesting choice, I thought. Even down to his entrance was more of the original Velveteen Dream type of Jimi Hendrix slash Prince type entrance versus taking some sort of uh, cue from a wrestler from the 80s. He didn't have a lot of that in his repertoire or his uh, mannerisms. So I think there was kind of a reintroduction of Velveteen Dream.
0: Yeah, and they were doing that a little bit throughout the show here. Uh, next, we had Pete Dunn defeating Arturo Huas. I really like Arturo Huas, and we yes. talked about him before on the show. I thought this was another really good showing for him, and I, I liked how Huas started favoring that hand and did a good job and remembered to sell the hand.
1: Uh, yeah, the match on, on the Evolve show, you guys should go watch, the one that they put on the network, because he's great in that. He's a guy who really knows how to fight, so he also knows how to fake fight as well. And I think that, no, I, I love that guy. I, I, every time he comes out, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. I think Pete Dunn's the kind of guy you put him in with. Cause Pete Dunn is a tough guy. He's, he's not as tough a guy as, as who us, but, uh, when he beats a guy like Huas, it makes him seem tougher. So I think that's cool.
0: I don't love the Toroyano shrug your shoulders at the end taunt. I think he needs something else. Other oh, than for that. breaking
1: think, for breaking a guy's fingers is like whoop! Oh well.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's very heelish. It's a little too blasé. Like I feel like I, I don't know what the right thing is, but that's the wrong message.
1: Well, as you know, Toroyano, the greatest professional wrestler of our day. Is worth stealing from, so I agree with you. He, I, I don't want it on a guy like him, but uh, <laughs> now I just—I mean, Adam. Cole, now I just want Bailey yeah. to go full Toru to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> Bailey, <laughs> Bailey.
0: That's really what you are trying to pull for here. Oh, so speaking of reintroductions, Ziya Lee. Clearly, they have plans for her, and they want to get her over. She's um, great. Is, yeah, she has a thing. I've been saying it. She's good. And this was one of those
1: ones where she wasn't dancing. And doing the kick, she just had to beat somebody up. That was the cool thing to me, is it looked like they finally got her. Um, I was fascinated by this match because I thought when she was coming out and when they brought out Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne, I thought for sure the hires were going over. Because it looked like they were. They had been getting a push for the last few weeks. And, and then all of a sudden they're going to beat Aaliyah, which is fine. Aaliyah is generally the she she's the glass joe of the women's division if you've ever played Punch Out the first fighter it's that's that's always gonna be Aaliyah.
0: Oh I know a thing or two about Punch Out. Oh absolutely Oh, do you? oh I do. I do. I, I'm pretty good at the old Punch yeah, Out. No Chris Chris but, you were president
1: of the Piston Hurricane fan club, right?
0: Yeah, dude Piston Hurricane. Yeah. Piston Hurricane you went Super Nintendo. I like that super nintendo piss i was hurricane. going with uh Absolutely. i was going with the
1: uh, arcade actually version so
0: there you go <laughs> oh no oh yeah he is on the arcade version yeah. it's really weird because yeah they have him on the arcade version he shows up on the super nintendo version but on the nes version He's you're up against and and honda honda yeah. you get the double fight yeah yeah and didn't they have piston honda and piston hurricane on one of these games? No. okay anyways no okay all right so <laughs> after that My boy, Neon Joe, got rudely interrupted by Imperium. RIP, Neon Joe.
1: Why can't I remember the name of Neon Joe?
0: Denzel Dejournet is his actual name. (laughs) but he's came out and he dressed like he was from 1989. Oh, okay. And Imperium beat him up because the mat is sacred. And this guy's out here, you know, doing jam box and break dancing and the type of stuff that Imperium would not be into.
1: Here's my only issue with this. I loved that Imperium was on this show. Wish they had been on the show during the hour on USA, but I don't see a two hour NXT as a launching pad for more viewers for 205 Live and NXT UK. I think you have to constrict those two shows and combine what you're going to do on them into this two-hour NXT instead. And I think they're going to go the other way, Chris. I don't think they're constricting either of these shows. I think it's going to be, oh, here's Imperium on the NXT show. You can go over oh, and yeah. watch them on NXT UK. I'm just like, no. No. No, I, I like having. for me, my suggestion would be, you know, you take you take think
0: they want to interweave. This That's fine with more. me. That is absolutely
1: yeah. fine with me. The problem is interweaving this universe while still having an NXT UK show. See what I'm saying? Because it's too many cooks. It's one of those things where it's like, like this week, I'm stuck watching a Joseph Connors match that goes on for 10 minutes. While Imperium's over on the big show doing shame. awesome stuff, I, I it's one of those things where I don't think this two-hour show is going to be enough to catapult people into watching two more hours of content that doesn't mean anything. And if you contract it and put it on the USA show, it all means something. So that that's my issue with it. I, I just it's if if you could make a deal where hey, we tape a month of shows in the U.S. live, and then we do a month of shows live in the UK and you're interspersing NXT and NXT UK, that's awesome. But if you're just going to use the US NXT UK or (laughs) the US NXT show to say, oh, now go watch all these guys on this other show. It's like, look, you just extended my viewing by an hour to watch this USA show. Now you want me to go watch another hour or two on the network. I'm already stretched thin, Chris, and I try to be a completist just because I have a podcast. There aren't that many podcasters out
0: there. No, you mean you can't build an entire brand off of podcasters and wrestling reviewers.
1: I'm, I'm saying that Vince McMahon looking at Freddie Prince jr. And saying WWE television is all the television you need is incorrect. I need to go to work. I need to go to the gym. I'd like to watch other programming occasionally. That's all
0: I'm saying. Yeah, maybe. But you could follow all of the twists and turns of Leo Rush and Oni Lorkin not just on 205 Live, but now on NXT. No, I, I agree with you. It actually makes some of these stories harder to follow because I don't watch all of these back-to-backs. You know, sometimes one of the things I like about doing this format we do now is I can watch... An hour of 205 live and be done watching wrestling for several hours and not feel obliged to watch something from beginning to end that might be three hours or four hours. This
1: match blew me away, uh, mostly because of the outcome. Because I had when they okay, Leo Rush is back and he's in a match for the number one contender against Oni Lorkin. I go okay good match maybe but Oni's going to go over and then Oni started to dominate at first and I thought well maybe they're just going to squash poor Leo no Leo Rush is your number 1 contender he's a baby for the face 205 now. live title
0: is yeah. he? no he is and here is the clue the clue was on commentary when they started talking about all of his childhood stuff and having those boyhood dreams and shit like oh, i'm sorry and having those boyhood <laughs> dreams and stuff <laughs>
1: Just bleep, bleep it out! <laughs> don't, 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 Wait, don't, don't. No, that's
0: classic WWE babyface material. Is what that is.
1: Let me. I as as most people know, I am a uh, I am a blunt object in terms of feelings and things like that. But I found the spot with Oni Lorkin taking Leo Rush's head or face and smacking it problematic. I know. I know. This is his thing now, is to hulk up like the ultimate warrior and get ready to smack somebody. But I thought it was going to be to the chest. Nope. Taller white guy takes smaller black man and slaps him in the face. I was. Uh,
0: I mean, I don't read it like. A I, I get it. I get it. I, I just, I don't read it like that, just on the basis of Oni's character. She's just not all there uh yeah yes. yeah and, okay you know this is also baby face versus baby face i i would have i think i'd feel more like you feel if it was only as a heel and his character was presented a little bit different
1: i just wasn't sure of my feelings and i was like watching this going wow i feel a little uncomfortable and i'm usually not that guy i can sit through 1980s wrestling which is far more in your face about the racism in it and go, ah, well, product of its time, time capsule, all that stuff. The
0: story here is Leo Rush is much tougher than you remember and reintroducing Leo Rush because he's got to be rapidly made a credible contender for Drew Gulak. So he needed to have a performance where he endured through a lot of submissions. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, kind of passion play stuff. Um, And and he did. He went through a bunch of submissions Um, and he's also going to have to take a lot of pain. Uh, which are kind of the foreshadows of the Gulak match. And then the most important part of this match, too, in terms of long-term story arc, is he's got to have that knee injury. So he needed to have a grueling match. So I I feel you, but especially when you think about the story here, I don't have a problem at all with the story. The story makes sense, and it's a classic (laughs) wrestling trope.
1: Are we going to do another Dave and Goliath? Is this going to be Cedric Alexander? Uh, You know, oh, my knees hurt, but I had a great match in defeat type of thing. Because that's the exact story they just ran on Raw.
0: Yeah, but I'm fine God, with that, that in the case suck. of reintroducing Leo Rush to kind of start okay. a story. I was not okay with it the way they've used Cedric Alexander because Cedric Alexander at one point was like the cornerstone of 205 Live. Remember when we rattled off all of those different champions who were struggling to come up with like a good babyface champion? The only one mm-hmm. they have really had was Cedric.
1: Yeah, and they didn't do much with
0: yeah, him. Yeah, right. Um and they still haven't.
1: I love I love Leo's uh bounce off the bottom rope stunner. I think that thing is fantastic looking.
0: Commentary There's did a, a really good job getting over Leo Rush as exciting and dynamic to watch, which is yeah. things we've talked about. Commentary notes we've wanted to see hit by commentary.
1: I wonder if people took to the babyface thing, because I just it's one of those weird things where Leo Rush is just naturally hateable. Unfortunately, he kind of has an edge to oh, him. Also, as, he had his problems, backstage.
0: but he's overcome them. That narrative. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they were hitting well, that.
1: Well, to me to, to me they were getting close to turning him babyface on 205 live. Because he was so cocky, you know, with the white suit and stuff, but his move set is so babyface that people were starting to cheer him, so it's a natural turn. Now I'm waiting to see if audiences pick up on it and they go after the babyface Leo Rush type thing, and if Leo plays to the crowd, like because you have to do the obvious clapping and stuff like that before big moves and stuff like that. I'm going to be very interested in this. I'm going to see if people pick up as quickly as yeah, we did. Yeah,
0: we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Let's move on to this finish. This was a good match, though, man. This match got a lot of time. I love that it was kind of that fake out you thought there was still the main event of matt riddle versus killian dane which even as an educated wrestling watcher you were thinking was going to get a decent amount of time going into this pre-main event but they snuck it up on you and the actual main event was leo rush versus oni lorkin and then the show ended with my favorite way to go off the air on a wrestling show which is everyone's fighting because that's what wrestling's about
1: I loved this fighting and I loved the the beatdown of I think it was Seth Rollins on on Raw with Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler and the OC cuz there weren't moves being performed. It wasn't one of those beatdowns where everybody does their finisher on a guy 800 times or whatever. It was just punching and kicking. And that's what I really loved about this NXT fight. It wasn't guys trying to be wrestlers Or anything, it was guys fighting each other, and that's what made it kind of cool. I liked the uh, almost Richard Linklater esque notion of of the street fight that goes throughout the entire set, and as as they're going through it, they're picking up people along the way who kind of join in the fight. Like I loved um, uh, someone oh uh, Killian Dane choked out. One of the forgotten sons, I think it was, or something of that effect. It was, it was another heel. But I like that movie. It's like, get out of my way. I'm, I'm the heel here. You're a heel. I don't care what you know. They weren't friends.
0: The dynamic was right. That the mood was good. It. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's yeah. not even the fighting. It's that we've set this mood of everyone here is trying to win. Everyone here kind of hates oh, it each other. Walter. Yeah, it was, Walter was fun.
1: It was when Walter got involved. I was like, all right, now, now this is badass. I love
0: yeah, this. Yeah, I like the Imperium Undisputed Era thing that's kind of dangling in the air here. Yes, Imperium is here, but the Undisputed Era claim that this is their roost. And you know, how long can that really last before these two kind of face off? Adam Cole versus Walter is interesting.
1: I would have died for a shot of the undisputed era just kind of watching in the wings, going look at these morons because I'd love that they weren't involved in this fight at all.
0: It's interesting that they chose to have Imperium involved in this fight though,
1: yeah but 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 they had established themselves as guys who were gonna get involved personally anyways. Uh, when they came in to do the uh, the beatdown of Neon Joe, as you call him, uh, so I, I didn't mind that. Yeah, that's interesting too. You'd think it'd be beneath their dignity and the sacredness of the mat. But then again, if you run into Walter, Walter's going to choke.
0: It's you. true. It's true. Shall we move on to the weaker of the two shows, which was 205 Live, in my opinion? Oh, this
1: uh, let's Dorado's great. I love him. Um, other than that, this show was kind of
0: mad. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kendrick turning heel on Tazawa was so weird, energy-wise. I thought Tazawa was yes. going to throw the get kendo stick this. out of the ring and go, no, Brian, you don't need a weapon. Let me show you how to murder someone with your feet and then just kick the living you know what, out of Jack Gallagher and just murder him with his kicks and establish Tozawa as this heel.
1: Yeah, I thought Tazawa was going heel again. I, I did. I, I was with you on that. And then I guess, you know what, I'm betting they thought, no, it, it's too much like the Bailey story. Um...
0: You think they yeah, the, really the think like that? Because kind of, I, I, especially with 205 Live, it, sometimes the writing, you know, it can feel very lucid, and there have been points where we have really applauded that, but we also can kind of draw del- direct one-to-one correlations as to why there's sudden lucidity. No,
1: I'm not, I'm not certain of that at all, but it's one of those things where when Kendrick's cutting that promo, and, and Tazawa gets that weird look when he mentions his Kushida. I was like, they're not turning him heel. I, I they kind of, it was like one of those things where I thought the whole time, I thought the whole time, like you, he was going to go along with, for the ride with Kendrick. And I didn't, you know, I didn't like it either. I, I mean, Brian, we've seen heel Brian Kendrick over and over and over again. We've seen him as basically gatekeeper heel to other people until you know, other heels turn on him, and then that makes him babyface. It, it's not a story. And he's already been in line with Drew you know, Gulak
0: before. The whole story last time yeah. he was in line with Drew Gulak was that. My God, if he yeah, goes, no, right. if he goes, goes he back to, to gets Drew going, Gulak. Right?
1: Holy crap. It's like, well, this last whole three years of 205 Live was just a dream. There they was never have, like, a PowerPoint Enzo, get, get presentation a about
0: how we're going to kick my ass.
1: Yeah. Somebody wakes up, goes <laughs> to the bathroom. Enzo's coming out of the shower. It was all a dream. And I'm back to, you know, yeah. Oh, my God. Tony Nese, <laughs> Brian Kendrick, teamed with Drew Gulak again. No, I can't live through that, Chris. No, I, just I
0: don't want it. So I was really hoping that Tozawa and Kendrick were going to turn heel and be like the gatekeeper heel faction. And that's fine, especially if they're doing kind of rough and tumble change of pace matches on this card the show definitely needs that i was very confused and just the dynamic between Tazawa and gallagher they weren't really helping each other out either just what a weird no man's land to put Tazawa. and then we got to tony knees versus oni lorkin which was okay
1: yeah it was, it was fine. fine um Going back half, nobody's bought into Jack Gallagher as a, you remember how Change popular Jack Gallagher was? That music is a heel's music. Go back to Carmen. Go back to the Bizet. Yeah, when he was doing that ridiculous umbrella shtick week after week, he was over to the point where he was on the main roster Royal Rumble doing that. If you're gonna make him a baby face, you gotta give him you gotta give him the upbeat music again. Yeah. I agree with you one hundred percent. It makes a
0: huge difference. So he comes out and it sounds like William Regal, but they haven't really given him that imprimatur or that kind of Regal stamp of approval. And Regal as a babyface manager, managing Jack Gallagher. He's would not, actually, you know, give you know him an what nice he fresh is? coat of paint.
1: Well, he has that he has a technical killer gimmick. He has basically that he he's basically being propped up as a semi babyface British Drew Gulag. and he's not coming off as that because he's still doing the whimsical, uh, you know, the the headstand on the on the corner with the bicycle kicking and stuff like that. That's that's old Jack Gallagher. That's trickster Jack Gallagher. That's the Jack Gallagher from from the. From the cruiserweight classic that everybody fell in love with, because man, nobody had seen anything like this before, and has such an interesting look as this dapper gentleman with the with the handlebar mustache and stuff like that. Go back to that full bore, as opposed to this half measure, where he's coming out like with this ominous music and then doing. And like, he
0: feels a little things. haughty. To the robe and the towel yeah. and stuff is not fun. Yeah. It feels stuffy.
1: Yes, I agree. I mean, everything about this is not connecting.
0: And the different parts are not connected, which is why it is not connecting. No, I agree with you. And Tony Nese rolling up Oni Lorcan and using the tights. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Jeez,
1: this is a main roster ending. To- oh, Oh, what are you doing over there? Are you distracting me? Well, I'll just stand here and let myself get rolled.
0: I don't understand why Drew Gulak is doing any of this. It, it, it's it's just I think this whole Drew getting heavies around him it doesn't actually elevate Drew; it weakens him.
1: Yeah, I mean he's 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 like I've I've made this a better two hundred five live on my own. Me being kind of this
0: by being on know, my Philly
1: own. stretch. He's a stretcher gimmick doing these types of things, and now he's out there playing kind of Freighty Cat. And you're like, why is he afraid? He's beaten everybody in this division.
0: Yeah, and beat them with relatively clean and strong wins, too. So, yeah, it doesn't Mm -hmm. actually follow that he would feel like, wow, I've been getting these good wins. I should get some heavies around me so I can start cheating, make my life a little easier. It doesn't feel right. You know
1: what I need? I need... Man, I've built this criminal empire. The only thing I'm missing right now is incompetent goons to ruin it all for me.
0: Hmm. Now, let's pivot over to NXT UK, which I really enjoyed this week. I thought that they pulled off the rounds match as good as can be expected, like even better than expected. But before that, we have to start off with Travis Banks versus Tyson T-Bone.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of grunting. Um I like Tyson T-Bone a little bit more than most, I think. I think it, I think it's one of those weird things where his, his, his ring attire does not match his style at all because he's coming in as his brawler and he's really more of a heel technical wrestler with a little bit of power to him. And Travis Banks just continues to grunt a bit and come from behind. I I, I uh I don't
0: feel like the roll ups you probably liked this no, more I than didn't. I did. I don't think the roll ups really help Travis Banks. So I was kind of they like why am faces. I watching this?
1: Why is Travis Banks not an undersized killer? Why, why is
0: he not killing guys? He has a great by beating look. beating them down. Minus the grunts. When yes. he comes out, that look that he's got, the way he swaggers the to the ring and stuff, I and love the, it. Yes. No, it's awesome. And he should be getting that's what over f- as an assassin, as, let's say, a buzzsaw, perhaps a Kiwi buzzsaw.
1: Yes, that's what made me fall in love with him on the in, in progress was, and it was a weird dichotomy because he's with this. The South Pacific power trip was him and TK Cooper and Dahlia Black and Dahlia Black and TK Cooper were dating at the time. And they're basically playing the young, young couple in love who couldn't keep their hands off one another. While Travis Banks was the deadly, serious wrestler type who was way too intense to be in a tag team with this goofball. And his intensity is awesome. It's absolutely great. And they should be playing off of that intensity as his character, and instead he's wrestling for a roll up. What he should be stomping on a guy's knee, putting him in in ankle lock. He should be Chad Gable for U- NXT UK, and it's just it makes him dull. Is what it does. Is oh, he's the Kiwi Buzzsaw,
0: and he's winning with a roll. There's no flavor that, that, to those his two match. Things time, don't match. And I completely agree yeah. with you. No, I I want impressive. Decisive and devastating babyface moves coming from the Kiwi Buzzsaw.
1: Want me to be more problematic? Make him Chris Benoit. Okay, that's the <laughs> no, style. I, 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 no, no, but no that's I, the style I, I, I want out think, of him. I think like
0: when Benoit would do the multiple German suplexes spot and that sort of thing. I
1: want this guy to have a Napoleon complex and just be angry about it the whole time. That's why he's the Kiwi Buzzsaw. A
0: little bit because of uh, he's angry, that he's shorter than all these yeah, guys. Sure. Next, we had Rhea Ripley versus Debbie Kaitel, And let me say this about the Debbie Kaitel pick. One, she looks like Mandy Rose, if Mandy Rose had black hair. Two, I like her as a setup for Ginny coming out. Because you have Rhea Ripley beating up the, in quotes, good-looking women and kind of getting herself over as a babyface through those means.
1: Yeah, I believe she's um, local to the Irish scene, and she, just, she got signed after a tryout. Uh, I, I don't know. If I'm right about that, I believe she was in a group called Phoenix out there in Ireland. Going off of memory, I liked the man. I like Rhea Ripley. Um, it was. It's just weird because it seems to me that she's obviously. It, it's weird that within the in the time of a squash match, she went from heel to babyface. Because she was a
0: heel, and she was still kind of Deb, heelish
1: Deb when Ginny yeah. came out and you're just like, okay, she pulled her arms away this, from the referee yeah.
0: and they turned her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just something to get, to get, get you to Ginny and Jazzy. Uh, love Ginny <laughs> pulls off this kind of promo so well, cause you really think this is how she is. This snotty I'm better and I'm more classy. She, she plays. Th- this is what they want Aaliyah to be. And she just can't be. Uh, but the, uh, the dichotomy of her and Jazzy is such a
0: great look as well. I liked when Jazzy, Jazzy yelled after getting kicked in the head. The yeah. frustration of actually being touched was nice characterization by Jazzy.
1: I liked everything about this up until up until uh Ria was daring her to come back in the ring it was just a little bit too heavy on the histrionics
0: oh god her the The drawing the line line in the sand the The toe performative stuff just
1: be the baddest bitch on the planet just be yelling at her saying come on come get me have that kind of she what she you know what happened she lost the cool that she's been projecting the past few weeks on this nxt tv where she's just like i too cool for school grabbing the vest sneering at everybody all of a sudden she's absolutely lost her crap about jazzy
0: yeah, that's what i did not it's like. not pete dunn and yeah. what was working with rhea ripley was channeling a little bit of that pete dunn swagger with her yeah next we had a great match. Joseph Connors came out, and he... Oh, no, this was so good, dude. Man, you don't understand. He uh, Joe Connors, uh, there was like an arm wrench, and uh, at one point he worked a little bit of a neck hold there. Really wore down Kenny Williams, and then eventually nailed him with the riveting, don't look down. It's a flatliner, but he picks them up off of the ground. You see?
1: Remember when we thought they were going to make Kenny Williams interesting?
0: They are going to make him... A, you know, he's going to end up sabotaging... Trent seven here with Noam Dar. That's where I think we're going. You think with so? This. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're still teaching Kenny Williams that heels win and baby faces lose, and Nigel was kind of hinting at that on commentary.
1: Okay. You have more faith than I do. I think they're just gonna
0: drop the story. Maybe. But I have more faith than you do. So I did like the
1: Noem I like the Noam Dar, Trent Seven in the parking lot thing.
0: I liked it Noam as well. D- I I think that Trent Evans and Noam Dar's chemistry is amazing.
1: Noam Dar with a megaphone, being a jerk,
0: who is the best. Noam Dar
1: is the best. Yeah, that's, that's the best. In comedy, the in a straight absurd scene, the straight man is supposed to call out the absurdity so that everybody can get that release of, why are we watching this right now? This is ridiculous. And him just looking at Noam Dar goes, what kind of man hangs out in a parking garage with a megaphone? I died. I just absolutely died. It was so great. And Noam Dar's just chewing scenery. Oh, RIP BSS. (laughs) This is the best Noam Dar has ever been. No, this, uh, I
0: love these two. I think that these two need to be paired together for a long time. That's why I'm rooting for this feud to go on. A road trip. Th- no. I I, I, a buddy cop. Yeah, yeah, that want... <laughs> too. Yeah, them not getting along. Have them as an odd couple tag team where they, like, win the NXT UK tag team titles but no, are still no. a heel. No,
1: no, I don't want that. I don't want that. They, they just did that with uh... – on on the main show i don't want them doing uneasy tag team partners
0: no 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 no. but But they did that with Strowman and seth rollins and this is a completely different flavor than that my dude no 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 this would be like a comedy yeah they're the tag team champions and you use them as transitional champions right you have the whole odds of them winning completely circumspect they have a couple of title defenses and then you transition the belt off of them and tell the rest of the story
1: what's the name of the kid that lost to joseph connors in his debut because he played that package from him this week. Oh, God. The Jamaican kid. Or Ghana oh, kid. that
0: guy. That guy. I thought you were saying, who did, who lost to Joseph Connors and Joseph Connors' debut? And I was like, what kind of Joseph Connors historian do you think I am? I don't I remember the name of that kid. And they had video huh. packages for him, so that's not good.
1: What a horrible video package that was to get a guy over. Just on the basis of... Uh, well, didn't do well last week, but I'll be back next week. Oh, great. So why? So I can watch you lose again? You know, I, I just I didn't get that at all. I was oh, they don't have them on the uh, Wikipedia. It doesn't look like. OK, so now I can't remember. Now I look stupid.
0: And then uh. we get to our main event here, which is. Oh, wait, there was there was one more. There was one oh.
1: more promo. That was pretty good. The uh, the <laughs> they, 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 they cut back to Radzi. Who is, who is supposed to talk to Tony Storm, who is not there. Because, of course, Tor- Tony Storm is on her way to uh, NXT US. And instead, they get Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. And let me tell you something. Wolfgang calling Mark
0: Coffey Marcus? Pop. That up. hard? I liked it. I like Wolfgang and Mark Coffey's interplay. But this is because I am very much a Mark Coffey fan. Mark's great. He's really, really underrated. He's a very, very good actor, and he's a good wrestler. He's fun. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I I just... The interplay, the uh, intimidation of Rancy, I really enjoyed
0: it. So, let's move on to our main event, which was the rounds match here. I thought they did a very good job setting this up. I thought they did a good job with the pacing. I thought this match was a breath of fresh air, and it's a much more flowing way of having a television-level match with resting included in the match and not burning out the guys, but it still keeps a fight feel.
1: Overall, I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought there were some things they could have done aesthetically to help it a little bit more. Part of it's also I was just done with David versus Goliath matches for a week and i just this one i was like okay it's going to be another one where sid tries hard maybe he gets a visual pin his time expires whatever but you know ono's going over i think well why yeah. isn't johnny well hold on but but the one thing that's really missing from this rounds match why isn't johnny saint his
0: second because he still hasn't found the eye of the tiger yet He's i just close. thought it would have
1: been so cool to have johnny saint out there actually useful for once cheering on sid you know p- pumping him up between rounds you know giving him the old you know hey man you can do it you know you got this you're, you're good you know something something to get him involved right and something and, to make and
0: eventually maybe cassius ono confronts johnny saint during the course of that match and that's finally yeah. what sets off sid scala i think that's coming I, I, I get your frustration that we're not there yet, but that's storytelling. The first thing here is Sid Scala got the visual pin on Cassius Ono. So then the next part of this is it's going to bother Ono that Scala had his shoulders on the mat for three seconds, even though Ono won the match. He's not going to be able to let that go.
1: Now, Cassius Ono was awesome. I
0: thought he this was match. great. No, I, I thought they are both absolutely great in this awesome. match. I thought Scala is selling is yes. really, really, really good selling, especially when he was selling the out-on-his-feet stuff.
1: Yeah, no, no. Sid's, it was a shame when they put him in the suit, but I was happy that he'd have a job, because it was one of those scenes where we watched that first squash match, and you were madly in love with him. And I was like, well, he's a talent, but are they going to bring him in from week to week, whatever? And then they made him basically, the commissioner, I was like, great, he's awesome. I like him a lot. And now we get to see him wrestle occasionally. I liked him a lot here. I loved him a lot. Uh, Cassius Ono as the bully laughing at him, you know, just basically killing him after, after, you know, he keeps coming back up, coming back up. You know, there's not much you can complain about this match. It was, it was pretty great. I liked that. It was a rounds match. I thought that was a nice little touch. I think it's a nice little break to have these types of cool local flavor type of matches. I have no complaints about the match itself. My ma- my complaint was about the aesthetic of, especially after like the the one where he gets knocked out at the bell and he's struggling to get back into the corner, to get a drink of water. That's where I wanted to see Johnny Saint as his second yelling at him to come on, get on your feet type of thing. That, that was the only thing that was really missing instead of just plain guy holding out bottle. Well, you're going to come drink it. Okay. Kind of thing, yeah, and I think that's, that's
0: my- coming, but I I do agree that the seconds in a future match need to actually be people of significance, whether it's yes. Cassius Ono and Sid Scully having another rounds match because now Cassius Ono thinks he's like the rounds master or something like that, or whoever else has a rounds match. I think their seconds, like you know, if it's Gallus then, you know, you need to have Wolfgang coming out and scowling as Mark's having his match or as Joe's having no, his match. They don't need to get
1: involved. They don't need no, to get involved. No, I, no, I don't no, need that for no, heat.
0: No, but, but, but like, they if do Cesaro, need to be there if, to, like, support their guy.
1: Yeah. Like, if if Cesaro had been Cassius Ono's second and Johnny Saint had been Sid Scala's second, this match would have been off the charts heat heat for this audience. Because, you, you know, Cesaro's going to get into it, too. So, I mean, I, I thought that would have been a cool touch. But, yeah, I, I thought the seconds need to be people significance. But overall, fun match. Good way to, sh- to uh, end this hour, I thought. And I love this because new sometime- format.
0: It's, just, it's nice to yeah. have a new match format on WWE television that feels closer to the style of realism that i like out of my wrestling like i like it to feel like a real fight and this gets you closer to that kind of boxing feel
1: so we may be doing a patreon show this weekend if you want to hear me be uncomfortable about an uncomfortable topic i'll tease it that way you can go to patreon.com slash shake them ropes what
0: can it be you'll have to subscribe to find out
1: yes uh you can follow me at crap game 13 you can follow the show at shake them ropes you can follow Chris. At Chris Novembrino, Chris also does shows on various other old television shows and political podcasts. Here's where he tells you what they are.
0: All in the Family Podcast has three new episodes out in the last week. Subscribe to it on iTunes and on Stitcher, and also go to allinthefamilypodcast.com. That's how you find those. And Don't Worry About the Government has a new, way too long, like nearly two-hour-long episode of Don't Worry About the Government. You don't have to listen to it all Good little breakpoints inside of it, but go and check that out over at Don'tWorryTV on iTunes and on Stitcher.
1: I have no way to end the show.
0: Well, it's over now.